somewhat recently, I got a tarot oracle card reading from my friend Lauren. She has been studying tarot for a few years now and feels like it's her true calling in life. And I would have to agree with that. She is looking to gain more practice in reading for others. So she has generously offered to the first 22 listeners, that's you guys, pro bono tarot and oracle card readings. You can connect with Lauren in the show notes uh, to take full advantage of this really nice offer. I love my reading with her. She is truly gifted. And my favorite question to ask for readings is what is my blind spot? And I'm always surprised by the answer. Do yourself a favor and schedule with Lauren today. She is a talented, up-and-coming tarot oracle card reader. I know you're going to love her. Link to connect with her is in the show notes. Welcome to the Yoga Ann podcast. I am your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga and embodiment teacher who is living and learning every day here in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I am so curious about all things Yoga Ann, so much so I have a weekly podcast about it. And this show is also an invitation to open up your aperture on how we might view yoga. Is it possible that yoga is more than just something that you do on a piece of rubber, but could it also be infused in other aspects of our lives? This show is also a celebration for the hardworking people in the mind-body world who are being of service and are contributing to their communities in creative and innovative ways. Thank you for all that you do. Today we will explore the subject of yoga and the digital age. I'm especially excited to have back on the show again, Sean Watson. She previously did an episode with us on the podcast. Check out episode number 35, Yoga and Motherhood, whenever you get a chance. I just love today's subject. Sean and I will discuss the ups and downs and hopefully some useful tips on how we're using technology and transitioning Uh, yoga online. I know you will love this episode just as much as I did. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. Joining us on today's episode is previous guest on the show. Check out episode 35, Yoga and Motherhood, when you get a chance. She is yoga teacher and mother, Sean Watson. Hey, Sean, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Great to have you back. I'm so excited. Me too. Thank you for having me back. Mm-hmm. So would you like to just introduce yourself a little bit more? Sure. So, um, like you said, I have been on here before and I'm a previous one of your guests. So if this is repetitive, my apologies, but, um, I am a yoga teacher for about uh, going on nine years now. Um, I got my teacher training in Austin and I live in Houston, Texas now where I've been teaching for about five years minus about six months that I haven't been teaching right now Um, and just recently started teaching virtual classes so learning kind of a whole new landscape right now (laughs) yeah and we're gonna get all into that I'm so excited to hear about that journey so as a yoga teacher how do you feel about this new terrain teaching and technology I mean I think just like all of the feelings. There are some really positive things about it. Uh, You know, being able to connect with people that you wouldn't otherwise be able to connect with, I think is huge. And I do like believe that it really was the reason that, you know, especially like social media was created, um, was to connect us more. And like, in a sense, it definitely does that. And like, obviously, there's also just like all the other things that go along with it. It's another source of distraction. 
and can like in a weird way disconnect us from each other because we're on our devices instead of talking to a, someone who's right next to us you know <laughs> phone addiction right here i definitely yeah no i know yeah especially the last couple of months when we haven't been able to see people in person as much it really has like become it, it's both like helping to keep us connected to people that we don't get to see and just like I don't know I can sit there for half an hour and not talk to any of the other people in my house so yeah so today's episode's all about yoga and the digital age how have you been able to utilize technology in your current yoga teaching these I have been on like Facebook and Instagram for a few years and a lot of that has been just to connect with people to let them know like my public teaching schedule, events that I'm teaching and just like, you know, having a personal connection with people getting to like see into their lives a little bit and allowing people who I like don't otherwise see in, you know, outside of yoga classes, um, sort of letting them into my life a little bit. But then, um, like I mentioned, now I'm teaching um, virtual classes as well, just because I can't teach in person right now and don't really know when I'm going to be able to again. So mm -hmm. it's taken, I guess, kind of another step in the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah, so it, it sounds like right now you've, you've transitioned to only teaching online and you, t and you want to tell us more, the platform, Patreon, how are you... How are you liking that? Like how, how, how did that, how has that happened for you? How is it working out? Are you using Zoom? Is that working out? Like tell us more about that journey. So the studio that I was teaching at before, um, pre-March 2020, uh, mm -hmm. they hopped online like a lot of places did like pretty quickly with like Zoom classes and then they started recording on demand classes. So I was taking those classes, but I wasn't teaching them. So I have a little bit of experience with like this side of the Zoom, you know, mm -hmm. taking Zoom classes, but not really teaching them. Um, but it is just, you know, like I did some family Zoom class, you know, like just social gatherings and stuff like that. And there are, you know, you have to like pay to be able to use it for a certain amount of time. And so at that point, it just didn't really make sense for me personally to be doing it because the studio that I taught at was already offering those classes. And then I have been able to watch a lot of my friends who are yoga teachers use Instagram and Facebook Live and mm -hmm. all of that stuff to teach classes. Um, you know, you can take a class on Instagram and then Venmo the person money. Like it's mm -hmm. really wild the things that everyone has been able to come up with. But um, it wasn't actually until I started uh, connecting with you again and realized that you were teaching on Patreon that I kind of was inspired to at least check it out because I have heard about Patreon. Um, I'm a big podcast listener. So yeah, um, a lot of people use Patreon for like uh, bonus episodes and all kinds of things. Um, a lot of comedians do like watch alongs for movies that are really funny mm. on Patreon. So I was familiar with it, but um, the thing that I like the most about it is that there isn't like an overhead. You can teach and like you do, like they take a certain amount of money, a certain percentage for, you know, the ability to use the platform. But other than that, you're not like paying a flat fee regardless of how much um, you're doing, which like to me that really makes the biggest difference you know <laughs> totally well I I gotta say in what is it you're like a month in and is it a month yesterday oh it was yeah <laughs> you've grown you've grown like I'm I'm like way impressed because I'm I've been doing I'm I'm new to patreon but I, I would say I'm four months in yeah and the way you you have yeah you have some some great you have a great following already and it's you're just a month in like what I want to see for me. I think that <laughs> well so it was really I, it's been something that I've been thinking about even like s since before you know um, these last couple of months mm -hmm. 
I've been teaching for, like I said, almost nine years, and I have taught all over um, Texas and some other cities in the country. Um, and so it's been on my mind for a while to be able to find an opportunity to teach classes to all of the um, like yoga practitioners that I've been able to connect with over the years. And it just hasn't ever, I've never figured out how to make it work. And so this was kind of the opportunity finally to bring those classes. And I have had, you know, people that I've known for 10 years ask me when I'm going to start teaching online. And I'm always just like, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what to do. Like, I'll let you know when I figure it out. But so luckily that has been kind of the situation is just that I've been teaching for so long that, um, you know, I did have a little bit of like a base to start off with. And I have been really, um, <laughs> aggressive is the wrong word, but just no. reaching out everyone that I know to let them know well that, that I I love I because I follow you on Instagram and I love the way you communicate you let people know but it's not pushy at all and and you know the truth is like if you know in marketing class you have to repeat the message four times in order for people to even hear it so mm -hmm. I, I love I love your uh, Instagram stories how you're talking about your goal and I was like oh my god like it just, it, it was so genuine. It wasn't pushy. Um, so I, I thank you for I, saying that. I'm does, by that. It's uncomfortable, right? Especially if you're not like, that's not your personality type, maybe necessarily to go out and, you know, just be a little bit more outside of your comfort zone like that. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate um, hearing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay, so I have one more question about, you know, just, I'm genuinely interested because I also have a Patreon and really this is like all I ever want to talk about with people right now anyway, oh <laughs> on this new terrain. Um, so are you using Zoom right now or are you doing like an unlisted YouTube video or like how are you giving them the, the class? So I did my first class through Vimeo. Um, I've never okay. used it before. And that is, you do have to pay to use that platform. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll give this a try and see. And luckily my husband is actually just like way more tech savvy than uh -huh. I am. And so I couldn't get Vimeo to work on my second ever video. And I was like, I'm two classes in and I'm already like having problems. This is a nightmare. And he mm -hmm. was like, well, just let me look at it. And then he actually figured out, like, you can just list this on YouTube as unlisted. unlisted. So that's yeah, what that's I've been fun. doing. Um, I have, like, probably most people, several Gmail accounts. And so I have it just unlisted under one of my other Gmail accounts that I never use. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's been working out perfectly. Cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. I love so it's pre-recorded and then it's every Monday you give them a new video. It is. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So how can I, I'm going to just keep asking you more about the process. How, um, how, how does it feel like recording yourself? Have you done that much before? Like, was it, was it a new skill set to learn as well? The recording yourself? It, so a couple of years ago, maybe like four or five years ago, I did have, I tried out a YouTube channel and I was recording it with like, a GoPro and then trying to do voiceover and oh. music and it was a nightmare and so I only recorded a couple of classes and mm -hmm. so I have done a little bit of just like recording myself and then having to watch it which is just like for me listening to myself talk and watching myself do anything is just a nightmare. Oh so. <laughs> we're all like that though. <laughs> I know um but I haven't I it took a little bit of messing around my first class just to kind of um, find the right angle and you know all of that stuff my lighting I'm still kind of working on but um, I listen to my music on my earbuds which makes me project my voice louder <laughs> so oh, that actually has been helping a lot because I think I can tend to you know like get into that yoga teacher voice and then I talk too softly and then you can't hear it on a video mm -hmm. so that has been helpful that's a really good tip That's <laughs> to remember. Yeah. And then just um, providing my link on the video so that you can play along. And I try to remember to say like, okay, start your music now so that we're all moving together. Um, you know, that, that is a nice touch. Just so you know, 
on my Patreon, and I, I love, I love all my Patreons, I will say the moment I even introduced the idea of adding music and they're like, no. Yeah. So we haven't, I haven't, that hasn't worked out. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a learning curve for sure. Yeah. And I had to explain to my mom who is the sweetest and like subscribe to my Patreon. I'm like, mom, you don't have to do that. I'll send you the videos. But she is like, I can't get your voice and the music to play at the same time. I was like, well, you might have to just play the music on a different device. And so she's like on the phone with me, like trying to play her Spotify and then her Patreon on her like iPad or whatever. But yeah, it takes a little bit of just figuring out. So if you're willing to go that far, then you know, you're golden. So we kind of touched on some of the challenges you might face in technology in terms of having an online yoga class. Are there any, any others that are like calling out to you that you want to mention that, that you've learned from or? Um, as far as like other Patreon accounts? It, or... could be that. it could be that. It could be anything. I can think anything in the experience of the realm of yoga and technology. So it doesn't have okay. to be your, necessarily yours. Yeah. Well, so I feel like anytime I talk to anyone about yoga, Giaconda always comes up. I just like talk about her all the time. And so she teaches Zoom classes that I've taken a few of. And um, I think she does a really great job of like the way that she incorporates the music and practicing along with us so that you know you can watch but then also like taking the time to stop and speak that's something I think that I've been trying to get a hold of or hang of Mm -hmm. right now I'm still just like doing the whole sequence as I'm talking and I get so out of breath when I'm doing like a vinyasa flow and I'm like 45 minutes in and I'm dying but I do just like I feel nervous to like like I would in a class, I would stop uh-huh. and talk while everyone else is moving. But if it's just me and another person and they're just like watching me, I feel like if I stop, they're going to stop. So I've been trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She does a really great job with that. But. She does. Um, did you, well, I took one of her online classes and there were like two camera angles, which was really oh. cool. like, yeah, she used her computer and then maybe her phone and then she maybe had a third something, um, but that was kind of cool. Um, I don't even know how you would do that. It's <laughs> next level. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how you would put all that together. Um, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's some like video. You maybe have like an eye, like eye video. You can probably put all of that. Stuff oh, together. that's yeah, eye video. Yeah, it's, it's streaming. In terms of learning about navigating technology in this realm, what was the last thing you Googled to learn more about? I think lighting is the last thing that I really was like trying to figure out um, just like what, what people are using, how people do it. I just moved into a new house in July and it's like an older house. So there isn't a lot of light. So mm-hmm. like even I'm recording upstairs in my house and there's no like, there's no lights anywhere. And so it's really dark and I like opened the windows, but I was like, this isn't. So I looked up like what, I was like, what do people use to light videos on? Like, I have no idea. And found just like a ring light, which apparently everyone knew about except for me. And they were like, duh, just use this ring light. So I found one for pretty cheap on Amazon and got a ring light. And I would like to get, I think, like you said, with the camera angles, probably having a little bit more lighting Mm. with like some different angles would probably be helpful, Mm. but it works for now <laughs> but that's sort of an ongoing like thing that I'm trying to figure out is just how to like best light mm. uh, a space it's not a thing that you <laughs> you don't think about it when you're teaching in a studio like the light that exists is just what is you know maybe there's a dimmer or something but you don't really ever have to worry about that yeah what advice would you give someone who's a yoga teacher who has not quite made the leap to transition teaching online, say through Patreon, what would be like the first couple of steps you might recommend to them as advice? Some advice that I got that was really helpful, um, actually in one of my teacher trainings that I did back in the day, Mm -hmm. um, was just to like reach out to your audience and find out what they want. You know, that's the most, I mean, I guess not, maybe not the most important part, but like 
there's the market is so saturated right now that you really have to you have to find out like what it is that you do sometimes you don't even like know exactly Mm. what it is that people come to your class for so like find out what it is that the people who come to you want what it is that you're best at if they want video like are people going to subscribe to videos if you upload them maybe they only want 15 minute instagram videos and that's enough maybe you know they want meditation videos so like i think reach out to who you want your audience to be and find out what what they want and go from there Yeah, that, I mean, that's great advice. I uh, I kind of wish I would have gotten that advice before I started my Patreon, because now that I'm in it, I have to, I have to have those more of those conversations because, um, you know, like I, I did a few classes mm-hmm. and I just guessed that, hey, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, people might come. And now I'm like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should have asked before I assumed. <laughs> You know, that this works for everyone's schedule. So what's what's good about Patreon, is, as I'm sure you know, is the, you can make, you can, you know, you can communicate with them, you can mm-hmm. do surveys and, and, but yeah, I felt like I kind of leaped into it. I didn't really think about it very much. Uh, are you teaching live classes on Patreon or are you doing pre-recorded? Uh, live. And then I do both. So I do live uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Yin Yoga with Kitty Cats. And I love it, but the one thing I'm noticing that is hard for people is when we get down and lie down on the floor, we're all on the floor, and then they can't see the video anymore, which is not, you know, the only problem is then you have to be very, very descriptive. But if you're not, a, you know, if you're, if you're not an auditory learner and you've never done a yin pose particularly to the one we're doing, it, you know, you have to sit up and look and then lie back down. And, and I only have one camera angle, right? Um, and so trying to navigate, only doing a certain amount of lying all the way down on the floor, um, really limiting that. And then, um, and then I do like a foot, functional foot flow. And then, then I just, just for like fun, I'll just release pre-recorded videos like once every week or, you know, every two weeks. Um, so, so if they can't make the class, they have something, um, how do you do live classes on Patreon? Well, I, I do a zoom link. So I, you know, I use zoom for my podcast, so I I pay for zoom. Um, I I was already paying for it and, um, and it's just the zoom link and then you send it to them the, the morning of, and it works pretty well. Um, I mean, there's, you know, the thing about zoom is there's other pro there's like 10 other platforms that are not zoom that function like zoom and nobody i don't think anybody uses them Mm-mm. for but whatever reason zoom isn't that great i mean again, yeah <laughs> i think everyone's afraid to like learn a new <laughs> a new version of zoom and i feel like we've had to learn so much new stuff over the last couple of months and how to function in a just totally different society once you get something that works it's like please no more yeah yeah it's i mean it's hilarious because like at the beginning of the pandemic i was like i i had a list of all the other platforms that were not zoom because i was convinced i hated zoom and i was never going to use it and then i never got around to like looking into the other ones so zoom zoom isn't that bad it's just you know it feels like 1997 or something like something yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah the skype Remember Skype? Yeah. All the rage. It, it kind of reminds me of a slightly better version of Skype. So it's like weirdly, weirdly nostalgia. You know, we're all like craving nostalgia right now. So maybe. We should all go back to using Skype. Does that even exist anymore? I don't know. <laughs> MySpace and Skype and live journal. Since we are now in a major world shift and it's even more important now than ever to support one another and stand up for what and who we believe in. And I wanted to have a section in each episode called a spotlight corner and I want it to highlight black indigenous people of color, LGBTQ plus communities, 
businesses and organizations specifically in those areas. And let me say in no way is this a paid advertisement or a sponsorship. It's simply people and organizations who I think are awesome. And I would like to show my support in some way. And I hope to inspire you to support them as well. Somewhat recently, I had the wonderful Scout Shavers on the show. When you get a chance, check it out. It's episode 22, Yoga and Birth. Scout is a birth worker, a birth educator, a doula, a yoga teacher, and the founder of the organization Birth Wild Awake. This organization specifically supports Black, Indigenous, people of color, the doulas, as well as the families. The money is strictly used to provide educational scholarships to these doulas seeking mentorships and skill set to support these families. You may or may not already know, but systematic racism starts at birth. And I really believe in supporting this organization because there is such a need for more support in this particular area of the community. There's a couple of ways you can contribute to her organization. You can either give directly to Birth Wild Awake on Scout's website, scoutwildawake.com forward slash donate. The link to that is in the show notes. There's a donate button that you can click on once you get there, or you can also buy her t-shirts on her website. I have a t-shirt and they are wonderful. They're soft, they fit well, and are high quality. They say on the front of them, black birthing lives matter. I love mine. I wear it all the time. If you're able, please consider supporting Birth Wild Awake. So we, we, we touched kind of on brand, um, being like what, what you're about, ask your students what, what they're wanting from you, why they come to you. Do you believe in having a brand? Like, what are your thoughts on having a air quotes brand? <laughs> I, I mean, like technology, I guess I have mixed feelings about it. I do think that in order to like quote unquote be successful, online you just have to have a brand mm -hmm. but I think that if you make your brand authentic to who you are as a person or a teacher or whatever it is that you're doing then it's not super challenging to like stick to your brand mm -hmm. um I have taught places and worked places that were so committed to staying on brand that it really like hindered a lot of creativity Mm. And so that maybe is more challenging, like as a, as a like company to do that. But like for me personally, staying on brand is just like doing, you know, like, I don't know what I would do to be off brand. My brand is just like me being a teacher. And so I guess I don't, I have like very specific things that I'll post on Facebook feed and my stories, like. So I guess in that sense, I'm not, I'm not like posting, I am like selective in what I share, but it's not like, I'm not posting anything that doesn't feel authentic to me. I'm just not posting everything that I think or take pictures mm -hmm. of, I guess. <laughs> so you're, you're saying your brand is authentic to who you are and you're very picky about what you put out in the world. It reflects who you are authentically anyway, like you're a person just being called to I don't I can't get the words but it just sounds it sounds like your brand is authenticity and what's unique to you and so it doesn't matter like you're not like you know the 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 yogi who's all about doing headstands or what's another kind of gimmicky thing like um I don't know like well I'm I'm cat lady yoga that's like my brand because I yeah. have to. but I mean, that's like, you know, that's authentic to you. So it's yeah. not, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the goal is to be whatever I've selected as my brand is just who, what I am all the time. I think mm -hmm. it's just sort of being, being selective about, you know, I'm not posting like a million pictures of my 
sun for like a lot of reasons but mostly just because that's not like what people who come to my like yoga instagram page are like necessarily trying to see i try to like post equal amounts of like personal things and yoga related things i see i see yeah so yeah i i understand what you're saying so how do you feel about um brand ambassadors like what what is your take on that well again (laughs) Lots of of angles. Hey, friends. The sound temporarily shut off during this question. I asked Sean about her thoughts on brand ambassadors. And she goes on to describe teaching yoga for brands in exchange for clothing or free yoga classes. So that's the context for when we jump back into the audio. And I know you're smart. You will understand. Maybe like five to seven years ago when I was a new teacher that like really appealed to me because I didn't have much of an audience. Like I was poor. And so getting free classes was like getting free clothes and getting to teach for anyone. And like just getting that practice was really beneficial to me. But then like at some point and you know, it's a lot sooner than like, I guess maybe brands necessarily think that it is like you are an experienced teacher Mm -hmm. and your time is valuable and it's not like necessarily enough to just be like we're you know like you come and teach this huge class for us like say at a festival when that was Mm -hmm. a thing um and like you get you get um like promotion you know you get exposure and that's your payment in exchange for like all of the work that you put into teaching and all of the work that you put into this class that you created and all of that. So it's a double-edged sword. It can work if it works for you. If it's something that like is worth, you know, getting free clothes in exchange for teaching a class once in a while, like great. That's, mm-hmm. it, it's not like a bad deal. It just isn't, um, you know, it doesn't like give enough value. I don't think to like what yoga teachers are doing. <laughs> Yeah, a friend and I would always say, like, free clothes doesn't pay the rent, or we would get free, free, like, educational credit at the studio before it went under, and it's like, educational credit doesn't pay the rent, and, um, and I think, I think what you're saying is just be discerning about it, and I think it's far too easy, I mean, you look at the yoga, like, as a, as a whole, the yoga community, there is, there has been exploitation. Like people have taken advantage of like little yoga teachers in training. And I mean, you know, that has happened. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it can be easy, um, but you just have to know if it's worth it for you. Like, like what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Know your worth. I think that's important just in general. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I will say just being in the yoga world, I've seen so many people work for free when they shouldn't, they shouldn't have. Um, I don't know what they got out of it, but I, I just, I've seen people not realizing their worth and I just, it just, it's like, ah, you know, you want to say something and, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to watch. What would you like to remind people when it comes to putting yourself out there online? So it can be really, um, you can feel really like a perfectionist, I guess, maybe in the idea that like you have to have a certain amount of things perfect before you take that leap. So it took me I mean, a while to decide to get online because I was like, I don't have the right space. I don't have enough lighting. Like, I don't have enough outfits to wear for my, I mean, I was coming up with, you know, all of the excuses I could to not start doing something that I've really wanted to do for a long time. And so, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything even like planned out necessarily. You don't have to have a team of makeup and hair stylists for your videos. I mean, if you're a yoga teacher who was teaching at a studio before, you probably didn't have any of those things when you walked into the yoga studio Mm -hmm. and taught your class. So people want, if 
if your audience wants what you're creating, um, you don't, you know, they, they want what you have. They don't need anything extra. So, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have some idea of what it's going to look like even in like a year, you know, uh -huh. it, you can, you can start where you are now with what you have and build from there. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, once I decided that I was okay with that, it really took a lot of the pressure off and I could just kind of create and do what I wanted to do. And it made it a lot more freeing. That's great advice. And I mean, look where you're at now, like one month in, I mean, it's, it's a great, it's great to watch that. I, you know, I will say this. So me, I'll say one more thing about Patreon, me and another friend, she has a different business. We both started Patreon at the beginning of the pandemic and we started it and it was like crickets for us our experiences what it, it was a very slow like it was very slow to grow like first month in i don't know if i had maybe i had like five i don't know but it was i i thought i thought first month in it would just be like it would all click and it it was very slow and it, i'll tell you what it it, hum, it was very humbling <laughs> so i mean i'm glad we're i'm further along now but um but yeah so i just i just really commend you for just doing it anyway, done is better than, uh, what is it? Done is better than perfect. And, um, and then you here you are. So cool. Would you recommend recycling content online? So tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that. I guess this is, yeah, I, um, I guess online content. So for instance, you're, you're saying you're making these videos for your Patreon say, you know, maybe the first few videos you do and then years go by and you have this backlog of videos and maybe, maybe those first few ones, would you put those out into the world in other, would you use them for other things? Would you maybe, um, say if you did a newsletter, would you just put like one video from your Patreon only and just give it to everyone as like a freebie? Or I know you have a meditation you just did, would you repurpose that for like a meditation app? Like what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about, I guess, any like further down the road. Um, I do like all of the classes that I've taught. I mean, for the most part, mm. I have like notebooks full of classes, binders full of like mm. themes that I've taught for classes. I mean, I keep, everything so in that sense I am sort of recycling old classes because I mean as you know like you can teach the same class half a dozen times and it's never going to be the exact same class mm -hmm. anytime that you teach it like your body is always a little bit different you like think of something different to say each time every time you have a different audience the class is always a little bit different so mm -hmm. I have a pretty um hefty backlog of just like sequences and meditations and all of that kind of thing that I have been kind of um, just like dipping into and pulling things you know not everything that I taught five years ago is necessarily something that I would still teach today but playlists you know I don't have to create an entirely new playlist right now I have so many that I've created over the years that I can kind of pull and then there's like some songs that I'm like that it's terrible I hate it and I can like switch it out but yeah. for the most part I have a lot of content already created that I can now just like put online for only, you know, like posterity even then just so it exists forever. So I guess in that way, like I definitely am recycling content, I guess we'll like TBD what happens cool. down the road with it, but it is a good idea to use it in other ways. Definitely. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but yeah, like there is, there is like all this backlog of previous real life classes you've taught. You're just digitizing them now, basically, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. It's a cool opportunity. I mean, it's mm -hmm. cool to be able to just have that. Like now there will be a digital copy, like you said, of all of these classes mm -hmm. too, which I don't know what I'll use them, you know, sharing them in other ways, but it's cool that that exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'll just share a little bit. So my, my friend, my other friend who started a Patreon, I've been kind of learning from her. 
she's she told me she's like recycle 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 and i've been kind of like learning about that but i tell you what it makes life way easier yeah um, because you you just do and if you look at if you look at youtubers um and i, I i'm not a you you know i'm not a don't consider myself a youtuber but i look at their content and they recycle like if i started looking at everyone like Instagram, like people who have like a, you know, an entourage of people that help them with content and stuff, but they do like, they do recycle. So it's like, it's, I think it's kind of like a secret. That's kind of why I wanted to ask you and bring it up is because it just, it's like my new secret I've learned about the digital world is like, yeah, everyone recycles. (laughs) That is the first time that you told me about that. It is definitely like, I was like, oh, you know, it did feel a little bit like a secret. Like I'm learning it's out now though so (laughs) everyone who's listening good um so how so you know now that you're online and doing your online thing how do you reset from too much screen time I really have to like physically put my phone and my devices in a different room and then like walk away from them and that I mean truly I'm just so tempted to like reach over and just look at it when I'm like, you know, I put the baby to bed and I'm just like hanging out with my husband watching TV or something. I'm like, why are we both watching Stranger Things and like scrolling through Facebook at the same time? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I it's not because I even oh. want to be doing it. It's just so, it's right there and it's so tempting. Yeah, it's like a security blanket or something. It. Yes. I have my phone right here. I was like, I grabbed it when you started talking about it. I'm like, oh, grabbing it feels good. I haven't checked my Instagram in a while. I wonder if anyone liked that post that I posted. Yeah. Oh, all all day. All day. It's, um, you know, there's a, okay, so there's this new phone you can get and it's, uh, I cannot think of the name right now. It's very like Norwegian, modern looking, but it's like $300, I think. And it's like, it's basically a phone that is an adaption of your iPhone, but it is only a phone. Like it's only the numbers, no Mm. screen. So, and it has like a list of your contacts from your iPhone. And you, the idea is it's called the unphone or something, but you bring it with you. Like when you go camping or when you go hiking. So just in case of an emergency, if you really need to call someone, but it's, there's no screen. Um, So anyway genius yeah I mean even just like I've definitely gotten so frustrated that I've been like that's it we're all just getting flip phones and like that's it we don't need don't need these we have like do we all need phones and computers and like iPads and all no the answer is no but yeah the answer is no I mean I I mean you remember you remember I mean we remember before these phones you know people gave you directions like yeah yeah (laughs) Like we just like, I, I mean, we just sat in silence sometimes and it was fine. You know, and it was awkward, but people like embrace the awkwardness, like, or like you'd get lost. Like I remember as a teenager, I lived in the country. I get lost driving. I would drive to a different city and I, I, you know, there was no navigation. And like, if I took a wrong turn, I would get, I've gotten lost. You have to like stop at a gas station and ask somebody how to like get back to the highway. (laughs) And like actively listen, even though you're flustered. Write it down. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, What are you curious about these days? And it can be related to what we're talking about. It can be something completely different. Um, I mean, I guess just related to what we've been talking about, something that I've been like sort of looking into and researching a little bit is just this like the algorithm that Instagram and Facebook uses. Mm. Um, And I'm still like, I'm still very curious about it because I don't really understand it, but I've learned like, so I guess if you're, if you're like the audience of say, yoga and podcast or like shandi yoga and you're trying to um like just because you follow my instagram account or just because someone follows you on facebook doesn't necessarily even mean that they're going to see the content that you've been posting because of the algorithm this like whatever this algorithm is like that's what i'm curious about is i don't really understand how it works but 
I do know that like the thing that helps. So if you have some small business or like a friend Mm -hmm. with a podcast who you're trying to help um, reach a little bit more uh, of an audience, or you just want to like see their posts when they post things like Mm -hmm. I'll check back with one of my friends who like, you know, like a week has gone by and I haven't seen anything and she's posted like five posts, but I haven't seen them. And so if you like their posts or commenting is really helpful, saving, sharing, the more that you interact with people's social media accounts, the more like you're going to see them, but the more like they're going to get seen just in general. Um, (laughs) And so liking is actually like the least effective, of course, because that's what everyone does. So you have to like comment or you can like share their posts, your stories, um, all of that kind of stuff is super helpful in getting um, their content to reach a wider audience. But yeah, so I don't, I, the alg- it's like the algorithm, you know, it's like this unknown kind of shadowy thing that I don't really understand, but um, it exists. And it's why, like, you know, uh, even a month ago, I was getting like twice as many likes and um, things on my Instagram and then all of a sudden and it wasn't just me I saw other people posting about it too like now suddenly like they're getting half as many like yeah uh, interactions and it's just because some algorithm changed on Instagram and now you have to like it's called shadow hacking or something I don't really understand but you have to like you have to like actively work to get people to even see the content that you're posting on social media that just that feels so <laughs> defeating yeah there's no way I, I, agree with you. I know nothing about algorithms um like that that was really helpful what you shared because i i didn't know all that um but one thing i heard from somebody and i mean this is this is hearsay i didn't research it but I hear, I hear like on whatever Instagram's newest stuff. So they have reels, reels are new right now. And like whatever their new, like, you know, the dog face, but like the new version of the dog, like, you know, they have like the little Pippi Longstockings, like overlay for like filters and stuff. Filters. See, I don't even know the terms, but whatever the new thing is, supposedly you get bumped up to the top. And I, I, I do know my friend who told me this, she does all that. And like, I see her all the time on Instagram mm-hmm. because okay. she's doing all the new, she's doing the new reel and I see the reel. And um, so maybe, I mean, and maybe that's, that possibly is a more fun way to look at it. Cause boy, that sounds like a lot of work. Like, yeah, this. it's really, I mean, if you follow, I follow a lot of, follow a lot of like small businesses on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so, though they've posted like please like if you see this post comment on it or if you like share this post you know and that's because the more that they get interaction the more that you get interaction with your posts on instagram i don't really under- i don't know if facebook works the same way or not but um, don't get me started on, on facebook <laughs> the more people even see it you know Wow. It's like fight. It's like fight for like, it's a popularity contest, but it's like, but it's, it's for like your business. Like it's, it's a necessary evil. Um, Wow. Yeah. So I guess if you're listening and you're (laughs) looking for a way to help your friends out, that's a way to do it. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's a positive spin. Yes. Yes. And if you're, you know, if you are like a small business or a yoga teacher or something, just Mm -hmm. trying to get more like views, you know, let your followers, your audience, your friends and your family, just like, Hey, the next time that you like my post, can you also just like write a little comment? And that makes, it makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. apparently, allegedly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's worth a shot. No, this was very helpful. And I really appreciate today's conversation. I learned a lot and I'm going to Google algorithm and shadow hacking after yeah. this. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure if that's what it's called. That sounds like very <laughs> like nefarious, but it, might it, take it is something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, where can we find you? Well, all of my social medias. <laughs> um, I'm on Facebook, Sean D. It's just the letter D. Uh, S-E-A-N-D yoga. And then Sean D yoga 
TX on Instagram. And then my Patreon page, patreon.com is Sean D Yoga. So um, all my pages are branded. They have the same name. My picture is the same on all of them. So you'll recognize me. That's just a little bit of, it's like as far as I go with branding is, um, you know, putting the same name and picture everywhere. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and I hope to have you back again soon. Thank you for having me. It's so good to talk to you. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode all about yoga and the digital age with the wonderful Sean Watson. And I hope you feel inspired, maybe even motivated, if you are on that journey of transitioning your yoga classes online, that maybe this gave you a little more insight. All of Sean's info is linked down in the show notes, so you're just one click away from connecting with her, and I recommend that you do. And also consider joining her Patreon. Sean is such a lovely yoga teacher and is a great person. And you'll be in a great online community as well. If you liked what you heard, please share the show with your friends. And if you would like to connect with us, our email is yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. The and is spelled out. Y-O-G-A-A-N-D podcast at gmail. Please follow us on Instagram at Yoga and Podcast and let us know if you have any specific topics or guest requests for future episodes. Consider joining Yoga and Podcast Patreon. There are great member perks such as shout outs on the show. We send you podcast stickers and a love note when you sign up. You can find out about that on patreon.com forward slash yoga and podcast. Also, the link is down in the show notes as well. If you would like to help the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast. We now have merch such as t-shirts, coffee mugs, and hoodies, and you can find out more on my website at ashleyweberyoga.com forward slash podcast. The theme music is by Ali Holder. Sound engineering and mixing is by Bentley the Cat. Guest booking and media by Chloe the Kitty. Remember, this podcast is for everyone. If you are a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from listening to Yoga and Podcast. See you next week.